and they melt and they stretch and it just tastes so good and it looks like the real thing. It's pretty much satisfying, you know, all the needs that... Using completely different ingredients that are completely natural, uh, made from plants, no animals. It was soon early in the cycle that you were able to understand the difference between different types of cheese. We're solving a challenge. What the... Broadcasted from Silicon Valley, the most innovative spot on earth. Corporate, the place for corporate executives that transforms innovative threats into business opportunities. And now, let's get ready to rumble with the host, Tommaso. And good morning. So Top Floor is what, well, handpicked really startups in the space of sustainable alternative next-gen protein that present their specific innovation to a jury of industry fellows. Kobe uh, Rejev today here uh, presenting his uh, startup as a founder and CEO of uh, Pleasy Cheesy, created for people who are avoiding diarrhea and uh, or allergens of dietary reasons, but are still seeking a delicious, cheesy-like experience that can be enjoyed without any concern. So we'll be hearing more um, about Kobe. Kobe, again, what a pleasure. I'm really curious to hear how this thing started, where you guys stand, how you guys are different in this space. And then we're going to have on the other side of uh, the table, uh, Duraj Tal Reja, president of AAKO in India, present in more than 20 countries. The Swedish-Danish AAK, which formerly was Arush Karlsham, has nearly, on the website it's saying, 140 plus years of experience as a group uh, by innovating and customizing solution for the food and beverage industries worldwide. Well, what a pleasure, Diraj, to have you today here on our episode. From uh, the German Silicon Valley, Berlin, Alan Ivan Ramos, an entrepreneur with extensive experience in startup incubation and acceleration, founder of Libre Foods, a purposeful early stage startup in the next-gen protein space. Alan, what a pleasure to have you here. And uh, while I know that Diraj and Alan will have a bunch of uh, very intriguing questions around the business case and the business of Kobe, I'll be chipping in. This is stronger uh, than my passion. But without further ado, I would like to share the screen here with Kobe. And uh, yeah, please take it from here. Hi, everybody. My name is Kobe Regev. I'm the CEO and co-founder of Please Foods. And it's my honor and privilege today to tell you about our revolutionary new product, Please. It's a plant-based cheese that we developed to melt perfectly on all of our favorite comfort foods. It's made from all natural ingredients like bean and potato proteins, and it's crafted using traditional methods without any dairy. And most importantly, it's approved by the harshest food critics in the entire world, kids from New York City, and people have told us it's so good that they can't tell the difference. My wife, Abev, and I are just a couple of New Yorkers who happen to be vegan. 
We changed our diet in 2014 for health reasons. And our biggest pain point living in New York was life without decent pizza. And we realized we weren't the only ones. There are over 100 million people in this country who, uh, like we're vegan, but there are 100 million people who are either lactose intolerant or have really harsh uh, food allergies. So um, we took it upon ourselves to create the most perfect cheese-like experience for pizza. This category, we're not the first ones in this industry. This category has grown by 64% in the last three years, and it's going to be worth $7.5 billion by the end of the decade. And all of that while looking like this on pizza. That wasn't good enough for us. I, I can't even tell you how particular I am when it comes to pizza. So uh, like I said, we just, we saw what was available and we decided to do it better. So you can see what the past was like and now what the future brings with please. This all started kind of as a hobby. I wasn't, I love pizza. I know everything about pizza, but this wasn't what I thought I was going to be doing with my life. Basically, uh, we changed our diet and one day I was having lunch with my brother and he kind of looks up from his plate and he goes, what kind of freaking New Yorker? And live without pizza. So I told my wife that story and she ran to, she was like, you know what, we're going to show him. And she ran to the closest supermarket. She bought some pizza dough. She got the ingredients for a sauce and she got the available store-bought vegan cheese. And she made the ugliest pizza you've ever seen in your life. But it just, it tasted amazing because it was vegan. We haven't had cheese for so long. We just, we thought we like, change the world because we can make pizza ourselves now. I have the type of personality where nothing is really good enough for me. I have to always figure out how to make it better. So uh, while we didn't mind the store-bought cheese, our friends who weren't vegan didn't like it as much as us. So we began experimenting and I started making my own dough and we started making our own cheese from cashews. And we posted these pictures online and all of a sudden our Instagram exploded. People thought we had a restaurant. I don't know if you're aware of this, but when you go onto Instagram, you have to put your phone number. So people actually got our phone number and start calling us and ordering pizza, asking us where in New York our location was. It like, it blew our minds that our hobby had become something real. So through friends, we were introduced to uh, this couple that we're planning on opening. I, I don't know if you can hear it, but New York's saying hi in the background. Uh, we're introduced to this couple that was planning on opening a food market in New York City. And they came to our home. They were so, they're like, you guys are so cute. The food industry is like, it's not, it's really hard. Maybe you shouldn't even bother. And then they tried the pizza and they're like, never mind, you're going to be our pizzeria uh, in this food market. So, at the time, I had a high paying job. I was a sales director for a luxury jewelry company. I was traveling around the country and I went to uh, Neiman Marcus, Saks Fifth Avenue. That's the type of clientele I used to deal with. I had employees, I, I had an office, and I left all of that behind to go work in a pizzeria. And that was probably one of the smartest uh, things I ever did in my life because it completely changed the trajectory of everything that we did. While working, my wife's a teacher, and uh, while working at the pizzeria, kids kept on coming in 
and saying, um, is there any soy in the oil? Is there any corn starch in the dough? And it made me realize, oh, wait, like allergies are real. It's not just dairy. There's other serious allergies out there. And I asked my wife about this. I'm like, how is it in your school? And all of a sudden she's like, wait, we can't bring cashews or any nuts into the school. And, and so I had quit my job. I was working in this pizza, you know, I was changing everything so we could open this pizzeria. And then all of a sudden it's like, wait, kids can't have our pizza. What do we do? And that question drove me nuts. And I literally just, I went back to the drawing board and I went, okay, what, what else is there? And I went and the most prevalent cheese alternative uh, available is soy cheese, but people are allergic to soy. And I went, okay, soy is a bean. What other beans are there? And this was the result of that whole crazy endeavor. So cannellini beans do an amazing job and they melt and they stretch and it just tastes so good and it looks like the real thing. This has not been a, a very quick journey, let's say like that, but every single step took us closer to where we are today and completely, as I said earlier, changed our trajectory. So uh, about five years ago, we started everything as a hobby. We're on Instagram, you know, it really blew up. I quit my job and then we were invited to participate at the Whole Foods Seed and Wine Festival where we're uh, told we were going to go to the Miami Botanical Garden and teach 300 kids how to make our pizza. Now, we didn't have, you know, I was at a pizza man's salary, so we didn't have the funds to do it. And we said, if we could go on to GoFundMe and people will like give us the money that we need, we'll give it two weeks. If it works, then we'll do it. If not, whatever, it's not the end of the world. We were completely funded in two days. So we kind of just like literally went, oh, crap, we have to <laughs> we have to do this now. Uh, the event was amazing. We got our first press coverage. Uh, and, and that was the first moment where we went from, do we open a pizzeria or do we create just the cheese? And, and the reason we had that thought is because the parents of these kids kept on coming over and stealing slices from their kids and going, oh my God, if this was in the supermarket, if this was a frozen pizza, it you would completely have us as customers. This is what we're looking for, something without soy or nuts that tastes this good. So we got accepted into the Hot Bread Kitchen Incubator here in Harlem. And they kind of helped us with our business model where we're, we knew we were opening this pizzeria. It didn't matter. Pizzeria is going to come first. Uh, and then they went, okay, if you're going to open a pizzeria in New York City, how much would you do? And I, I did the number, I crunched the numbers. I, I worked in a couple of restaurants here and I went in, in the right neighborhood. You could do, you could gross around 3 million a year. And, and I was like really happy about it. I was like, oh, $3 million, like that's a lot. And then they went, okay, how much is your competitor doing in the plant-based cheese space? And I looked up Dea really quickly and they were doing 55 million a year. So they went, don't you think that's a lot of pizzerias? And I agreed with them. So what was great about being part of that uh, incubator is that they helped us take our business model uh, from opening a restaurant and establishing a food business. And so we went from looking for investors and real estate for, for that role. And we started looking for food scientists, joining a lot of different vegan organizations, making contacts in that world. And uh, that helped us raise some capital from friends and family. 
and introduced us to Covance Food Labs, which is now Eurofence. This is a, a cheese and dairy uh, facility, like a food science uh, development company. They're based in Ithaca, right next to Cornell University. There's a lot of dairy up there. And when I told them I made a cheese from beans, they're like, no, you didn't. And I was like, yeah, yeah, I did. How do I mass produce this? And they're like, mm, come over here. Let's test it. Let's see if it's even possible. And the idea, like once they tasted it and compared it to all the other products available, the idea blew their mind. So they helped us create a really amazing prototype that tasted exactly like artisanal cheese. And we took that prototype and we were at plant-based, the plant-based food world uh, expo at the Javits Center in New York City. Now, how we got there was literally one night I was sitting on my phone, couldn't fall asleep. I'm, I'm scrolling through Facebook and all of a sudden I see an ad for it and it's only a month away and I go, I have to do this. And that next day I got my tax refund and it was exactly the same amount of money we needed for the booth. So I, we just did it. And very luckily, I don't know how familiar you are with the plant-based cheese space, but we have uh, one company called Miyoko's and her, the founder is like the Martha Stewart of our world. And for some very lucky reason, we ended up being directly across from her. So we didn't have to do any marketing. Uh, we just needed to stand there. And everyone who flocked over to her booth turned around and saw us. Uh, and one of the funds that saw us was Big Idea Ventures. They got really excited about the potential of the product. And they saw all of the types of orders that we were uh, trying to fulfill all the different companies that came to us. And they brought us into their first cohort, their first accelerator, which was exactly a year ago. They gave us some money. And the biggest thing that they did for us was at the time, we thought we would have to create our own facility because when you're small, no big factory is going to work with you. But because of their connections, they uh, connected us with a really amazing facility in Wisconsin. So now we, when we're, we're going, like everything I fantasize as far as machinery and uh, like how to slice it really quickly with robots and all of that, that I thought like if we we're going to do it ourselves, I would never be able to afford. They had it and, and going to their factory, I, like I'm such a, like a how it's made nerd. It was like just the most amazing moment of my, like I teared up a little bit. And this is the results of five years of extensive research and development. And what's great about this is that pizza is just our proof of concept. We realized by analyzing all of our different prototypes that what's, what you need to do for pizza, uh, a plant-based pizza cheese to melt is completely different than what you need for burger cheese. And we noticed that nobody else has thought of that because burger slices in the plant-based world, they just don't melt at low temperatures. Everything was developed for pizza, which is the high temperature oven setting. But if you've ever tried to cook a, a cheeseburger or a Beyond Burger with a vegan cheese on it, it just stays in the shape. And that's frankly, just not good enough. So we're in the process of developing a faster melting uh, plant-based cheese. And the reasoning behind it, other than our, our high standards, is because right now, impossible burgers are available at Burger King, but you can't get it with vegan cheese. And that has to do with the time, the time 
that it takes for it to melt. And so uh, having a faster melting cheese allows big QSRs, big quick service restaurants to put in a new, this new product without having to change how they cook burgers. And the demand is growing every single day. I don't know if anybody heard, but McDonald's is about to release the McPlant, and that's going to be a huge game changer in the United States. To supply that demand, we partnered with a facility that is capable of producing a million pounds of pleas a week. So it's not just something that me and a couple of friends are doing in our back in our garage. It's a huge facility. The scalability is there. We can handle any sort of demand, which to me is just mind blowing to go from our kitchen to an actual factory. We are a team of entrepreneurs. My wife and I, you know, as I said, this wasn't our background, but we are very uh, determined people. That's a nice way to say it. And we don't let anything stand in our way. So when we realized that the challenge was there and that people really wanted it, we took it upon ourselves to do that. Uh, my background as a sales director, it was really like working in a jewelry company. I got to see a piece of jewelry get drawn on a piece of paper and go through the factory and all the different iterations. So I had this understanding of what it took to go from a prototype, from an idea to the final consumer. And my role in life was to sell directly to that final consumer. I uh, helped that company grow their sales by two, uh, I think it's like 200% in two years. So I definitely have that experience. And thanks to the different uh, accelerators that we're in, we were able to create an amazing team with a lot more food experience than us. And Sergio, who's our operations manager, is the person who helped us find that factory. So he completely changed our lives. And we're so grateful that he's part of our team. Like I said earlier, we started this whole journey thanks to Hopred Kitchen. This year, we also got accepted into the Harlem Local Vendor Program, which is a partnership between Columbia Business School and Whole Foods uh, here on 125th Street. They are basically found companies like us that represented the best of what Harlem has to offer and position us where we can really sell and learn from, from different supermarkets that, are, that specialize in this field. So we have some amazing mentors and we're basically take, I'm taking the same classes that most MBAs take at Columbia included as part of the, uh, being in this accelerator. Before COVID, we had, and I, I just smile because that's just how life is, but we've had a lot of amazing expressions of interest. The most amazing one to us was from Bon Appetit Management. They uh, work with a lot of uh, campuses and, and um, like headquarters of huge organizations. And they wanted in April to do a launch test with us both at uh, the Metropolitan Museum of Art in New York and at LinkedIn's headquarters. Now, unfortunately, that didn't happen. But back to being a very determined person, I am not a type of person that just waits for life to happen. I make it happen. So we took all the samples that we had created. We, right before COVID, we did our first batch uh, that we tested. We went from our homemade uh, or, or shared kitchen made to a factory batch that was supposed to go to these different organizations. When we found out that wasn't going to happen, we didn't know what to do. So I took a whole bunch of pictures of our cheese on pizza 
and I just put it on to the internet and I, I put a challenge ahead and I said, uh, if you want plant-based cheese to become the new normal, all you have to do is find a restaurant that wants this. And we got amazing traction all over the country. And now we're expanding into some really, most of them are mom and pops, but they've gone from like one or two to 10, 15. Uh, so it's really growing. And now we've put our product in front of some amazing chains. So we'll see how this uh, next two weeks uh, roll out. I just wanted to, to go back to the slide. Again, it's the height of pandemic. Everyone's panicking. My, uh, I'm with my family. Their business is closed. Nobody knows what's going to happen. And I'm just sitting there and I, I'm itching. I'm like, I need to do something. I need to, we were about to launch. I need to get the word out. And I literally YouTubed how to write a press release and sat there, wrote it out over a night or two, sent it to a friend, they approved it. And I just started sending it to different publications that I read. And those ended up escalating. And for instance, Veg News, who's been really helpful to us, they, I, di I didn't send one to them. They actually reached out to me independently and wrote this amazing article. Uh, I actually, you know, it's one of those tear up moments where you're like, oh my God, the, this, is, this is about me. They, oh, thanks. And it just kept on growing and growing. And, and I couldn't believe it. It was just like me futzing around on the computer. And all of a sudden, people have heard of us all over the country. And we had over 30 million impressions over the last six months. So what was really cool about working with Veg News is that they convinced me to create my first ad. We realized that word of mouth was really the driving force behind our brand. So uh, we got page three over here. And like it says over there, the whole idea here is how do I get restaurants interested in my product? And again, the consumer who's looking for this product is very vocal. So they helped us push and get us into restaurants. We figured we continue the same kind of effort. So this magazine dropped three weeks ago. We've handed out 100 different samples all over the country. It's really exploding. It's becoming so big. And our first official launch was Labor Day weekend. We only tested in four markets. Two of them were completely vegan restaurants and two of them were not. One in New York City and one in Salt Lake City who were not completely vegan. Everyone sold out. The vegan restaurant sold out in an hour. The not vegan sold out over the weekend. And what was exciting about, especially the New York pizzeria, was that it was Labor Day weekend and New York City is empty. It was empty because of the pandemic, but it's really empty on Labor Day weekend. And all of a sudden, like, and, and the owner of this restaurant, he's like, I'm not expecting anyone to come. Don't worry about it. This will be here for the week. I'll, help. I'm, I'll always help push you. And then all of a sudden, a like this huge group of vegans came like from around the corner and started asking for the product and it just blew the owner away. So his brother owns three other restaurants and he saw the traffic. He saw all the like that his brother actually made money on Labor Day weekend and he got really excited and he added us to the menu of two of the highest end authentic Napolitano pizzerias. So Tommaso, you have to come try it in New York City. And he also owns Rocco's Pizza Joint, which is one of these like 50s inspired pizzerias uh, in Chelsea. 
on 20th Street. And he was blown away by all the different types of people that are coming in and, and asking for the product. So we're hoping to do a launch with him Veganuary and, and change one of these stores where it, one of the shops there, it's completely vegan. So fingers crossed, we'll be able to make that happen. Most latest uh, excitement in our lives is that about a month or I guess time flies. Uh, uh, about a month ago, we got accepted into the Food Bites uh, by Rob Rabobank. Uh, mentor event. They had something like 400 applicants. They picked 45 in different categories. We were in the CPG category and uh, we did this huge pitch online. And we were recently, like last or this week, they let us know that we got accepted in, in the top 15. And uh, that's actually going to be really exciting. So it's December 2nd. If anybody could come and see it. And our growth strategy has been very interesting. We have demand from a lot of different areas, but we want to be very smart about our expansion. We could, you know, tomorrow make thousands of pounds, but that doesn't help us if we don't have the right demand and distribution and the right people in place. So what we've learned from companies like Impossible and a lot of other different companies out in the market, that food service is a great place to start. Uh, you get the market demand up, you start your branding efforts, you get people asking for your product, pizza with extra please. And you also ha have better margins in food service, we have 75% margins. So it really allows us to grow our infrastructure and as a company. Now we get demands from direct to consumer every single day. My whole mailing list is people asking me when they can buy it online. We're hoping to launch online uh, this winter. So that's going to be very exciting. And then we'll have really direct measurable results. And grocery store is where we're, we're really going to grow our business. Earlier, I mentioned that uh, this industry is going to be worth $7.5 billion in the next decade. And most of that growth is going to be coming from home consumers. So we definitely, we started this whole thing because we know the home consumer is who wants us. And that's where we're going to really grow our brand. So hi, everybody. If you want a slice of this market, all you have to do uh, is say the magic words, please. Thank you. Kobe, I mean, what should I say? You're pitching to uh, an Italian too, right? So you had me at your first slide showing a pizza, right? Uh, and uh, congratulations. I, I really love your passion and uh, congratulations on your endeavor. But now before I go into, into my question, I would like actually, and I'm really curious to hear Alan's and, and Dirich thoughts and, and questions around, around the business, right? Uh, um, we love uh, the mission and the passion you have, but maybe Alan, what are your thoughts about the- Sure, thank you. Uh, great job, Kobe. Um, yeah, awesome presentation. And the things that stood out to me was specifically that it was cheese to begin with, because uh, as Tommaso was mentioning, uh, I was I have a background in, in in incubation, so I was used to be part of the ProVeg incubator, uh, which was the 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 leading um, plant based focus incubator in Europe. I know you were part of BIV, so we know each other quite well through through the the work that we do. And basically we get applications from all, all over the world and so many people trying to do cheese. So many people trying to do cheese. And for us, it was really tough to, to make the call on it because 
Um, I mean, a lot of times they're cashew based and yes, it's an allergen, but at the same time, it's super hard to scale. It's expensive. You know, the supply chain is, is funky. So knowing that you went through bean and potato, I mean, you kind of cracked the code here to the cheese, right? Because it's something that everybody wants to have and there's no good options on it. And, you know, for you to have been able to come to a product that is super tasty, you know, melt, and then on top of that, have, you know, really good margins, uh, it's, it's, it's pretty much satisfying, you know, all the needs that, that need to be met with this kind of product. But I wanted to ask you more about the, about the go-to-market strategy, because you were mentioning interest throughout the, throughout the, throughout the country, and, and it seemed like it was first, you know, bottom-up kind of approach, you know, tackling the mom and pops and then kind of growing bigger. But at the same time, you're, you're targeting uh, already these big fast food chains, uh, so what would be like the ideal trajectory for you? I mean, would you want to, how soon would you want to get into these fast food chains, you know, and how would you, how would you be able to, to lead these efforts simultaneously between, you know, setting up a direct to consumer shop, but at the same time managing how this growth goes um, throughout these different fast food chains and, and, and mom and pop shops as well? Well, thank you. And thank you for, uh, because you have experience in this, you, you completely understand what it means to crack that code. Um, I mean, cashew is a great product. We've had a lot of success with it, but it's expensive and the price fluctuates and there is scarcity in the market. So that was one thing that we were really worried about uh, when we looked at this, even just starting with for our pizzeria. But to get back to your question, we really we're, we want to uh, work with the mom and pops because we know how it how it feels to have, you know, your favorite pizzeria. It's not always going to be Domino's or Pizza Hut or whatever. You're always like I'm I'm that type of guy that in, in New York City before I was vegan called me. Didn't, didn't matter what time of day and you and where you were, you asked me, where can I get a slice of pizza? And I'd know where to get it. And, and, and in New York, it's just, we don't, we don't go after those chain, chain pizzerias. It's just about like, you know, how, how does Larry's pizza, how does Vito's pizza taste? It's, it's one of those things. But obviously, if you want to succeed, you or be as big as we want to be. And if you really want to change the world, you're going to have to work with the chains. Uh, we're hoping to begin some tests for Veganuary. So that's, that's vegan January, uh, which is just right around the corner. And what's great is that we have the capability. So if a Domino's pizza or even I don't know, it, I'm sure you've been reading the news, uh, Pizza Hut in the US and the UK just added the uh, Beyond burger sausage, I think, as a topping. But at least in the US, they do not have a vegan option. Now, again, this is something I said earlier. I am always looking for a vegan option because I'm, I'm vegan. That's my choice. But there are over 100 million people in America who have serious, serious problems with dairy and soy. And that, I think, is kind of a shame for these really big chains who have adopted plant-based options in other countries, uh, specifically in Europe and in Australia and in Asia. But in America, they haven't even bothered. So just having that option for Pizza Hut I think would be game changing for them. So we have the capabilities, we have the desire, we would do a test immediately if they gave us the opportunity. 
And uh, it's really just about satisfying as many customers as possible as we grow our brand. Does that answer your question? Yeah, it definitely does. And I agree with you. I mean, the times that I've been in New York, I mean, these, these mom and pop shop pizzerias are, are the places to go. So yeah, uh, the, all the more reason to make it back to New York as, as soon as is, is possible these days. And just on that subject, it's just, it's so funny to me. So I'm, I'm really after Pizza Hut right now. And it's, and, and it's kind of because of a funny thing that happened to me when we were, we were doing that event in Miami, we were testing pizzas the night before at this restaurant and we just handed out free slices and we're in Florida. So Florida, New York's very culturally mixed. You have people who are very particular. We don't have so many chain restaurants all over the city and I'm handing out these slices and somebody took a bite and they went, Hmm, this is so good. This is like pizza hut. And, and to me, like, I, yeah, exactly. I'm going like, what, what? And then I, and I stopped myself and I was like, oh wait, no, that's a compliment. They don't, they don't have all these the access the way we do. So yeah. just that to me, uh, so now because that happened, now that Pizza Hut is trying this, that, that's why I'm completely after them. Nice. Awesome. Well, best of luck with it, Kobe. Uh, keep up the great work and awesome what you've done already. Thanks, Alan. Thanks, Kobe. Dirich, what are your thoughts? Yeah, uh, Kobe, uh, firstly, congratulations and uh, great presentation and great uh, work that uh, you guys are doing. And I think uh, it's important to mention that it was soon early in the cycle that you were able to understand the difference between different types of cheese actually with this one. And then you started focusing on pizza cheese and then the burger cheese and the sandwich cheese. So it's so a great, uh, great to hear, hear about, 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 about that. I think my question uh, to you actually would be around, have you, uh, I think extending what Alan said about your value proposition for these three different uh, product offerings that you, uh, that you have thought about it. And secondly, that, you know, what is a sustainability story that you are putting along with the cheese actually it's vegan but i believe that you know we need to look at uh, we're talking about uh, 2050 and going forward so is have you have you thought anything about that yeah so i'm actually going to answer that question first and and i'm kicking myself because i changed my old um, presentation slide to fit with the whole story because i had longer to talk today uh, but if you go onto my website for every case of please sold, we donate or we plant one tree in the National Forest Foundation. And one of the reasons behind it, I was filling out an application. Anytime there's a pitch event or something, I'm always filling out the application. And I'm sitting there one night and they go, they have the same question, what's the sustainability angle? And I knew our product was more sustainable, but I didn't have the math in front of me. So I, I, I looked it up. And for one pound of cheese, you need 10 pounds of milk. To have 10 pounds of milk, you need a lot of cows and there's a lot of uh, environmental factors that go into it. So actually cheese is the third largest contributor to climate change around the world after beef and lamb. And because of that, because like I actually, I, I think it was, um, I don't, that number I don't have in front of me. I think it was like 20 kilograms of CO2 is produced per pound of cheese. Um, so I did the, whatever that number was, I did the math and I found out that a regular pizzeria, mom and pop shop like Vito's that were in, in New York City, 
just from buying their cheese, they're creating almost a ton of CO2 per year, not on purpose, just because that's the product that they sell on top of, of their pizza. So when we analyze, and, and when I saw that, I was like, well, how do you get rid of CO2? You plant trees. And uh, when I found the National Forest Foundation, they put the numbers in front of me and they're like, two trees will remove a ton of CO2 per year. And so I went, okay, so for every case that we sell, we'll be able to really make a meaningful impact. And that's kind of the, the first thing that we're doing in our sustainability uh, proposition. We're changing the demand for regular dairy, we're changing, and, it's, and we're using the infrastructure of dairy factories. So uh, what's very innovative about our product is that we use the same machinery without any casing. I, I don't, if, you're not, if you're out there in the world and you don't know what casing is, it's the protein that comes from milk. And it's also what makes people allergic to milk. It's just this protein that gives you the stretch and all of that. It brings it all together. So having a pro so what's innovative and special and different about our plant-based cheese is that using completely different ingredients that are completely natural, uh, made from plants, no animal uh, byproducts or anything like that, and using the machines that were developed specifically to work with casein and all the stretching and all of that is is very special so we don't need to create a brand new infrastructure we don't need to create new factories we can go to different countries and we can buy uh an old factory and and change the uh some of the inputs clean it up make sure it, it works and 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 just use the available infrastructure uh which i think is is game changing and then the last thing that we're planning on doing and this is why our cpg rollout is a little bit longer this is just like the secret sauce that i'm only telling 15,000 people is that we want to create and have sustainable packaging now refrigerated packaging especially with the cheese especially if you want a window they're very thick and they're not recyclable they you want them to be recyclable but they are not and there's a company i think they're based in israel called tipa and they have created a very innovative way to build the packaging where it deteriorates and it could be just thrown away and it deteriorates in a way where the microbes that are in the trash dump can actually eat and uh, biodegrade the packaging. So, I, you know, most people, especially if they have busy lifestyles or they're a restaurant or whatever, they see plastic, they throw it away. That's going to be in the, in the landfill forever. Uh, but our packaging is going to be able to uh, be part of it and, and, and more sustainable and, and biodegrade. Yeah, and just one other thing, because you're in India, what I found really fascinating is India is the, is the second largest pizza market in the world. Uh, Domino's is definitely, uh, that's their second largest territory. I think they have 12 1200 locations and also most of the ingredients to make plant-based cheeses are come from India. So one of our goals in the next decade is to hopefully build a facility or reclaim a facility in India and use that to grow this market 
in Asia because uh, it goes back to people who are lactose intolerant. There's a lot more people who are lactose intolerant in Asia than in America. And we want to help with all of that and using the ingredients that are available. Agree with you. Outstanding. Very intriguing. The more I hear, the more I want to know, Kobe. So, so that's, that's really cool what you guys are doing. What, what's the barrier of entry? What are your thoughts there? How difficult is it for others to now, based on your knowledge and people following you, right, say, hey, okay, he got the formula. We, you know, we want to do the formula and let's, let's put here some more brains to it, right? Um, what are your thoughts there, Kobe? So it's a funny question that I'd answer different ways on different points of that timeline that I showed you earlier. What I think is fascinating, and this happened at our plant trial, I have messed up so many times, so many times. And that's what experimenting is. It's just, it's messing up and trying again and messing up and trying again and learning what you did wrong and fixing the problem and then having a quick solution and then innovating from that point onward. And so we got to the factory. I've been working with these top level R&D teams, the, the most professional PhDs, people who know everything about food science and, and in order to scale up our product, whatever we created at home is not something you can make in a factory. Our product that we made at home had a two to three week shelf life. Now with the facility and the way that they uh, process the packaging, they, they get rid of the oxygen and they put in nitrogen. Uh, we can get up to uh, between four to six months. Uh, we're still testing it. So we're hoping to get to six months. But back to the barrier of entry, this is just, it's a lot of time. It's a lot of effort. A lot of people have tried. A lot of the experts in this field right now haven't really been successful. And I think where, where I uh, stand out is how particular I am about certain things. We've gone through at this point, maybe 40, 45 different prototypes, different versions. And it costs a lot of money, but it was worth it because we've definitely changed the game. So if anybody has had a vegan cheese out there, the, the most popular one I mentioned earlier, uh, it comes, I'm not gonna mention it by, na by name, they come in a white package and they're the most popular one in the United States. It, it's, it's very top of your mouth sticky. These products are made mostly from starches. Tapioca is one of the biggest ingredients. We don't use tapioca. That's another thing I didn't mention. But tapioca is one of the starches that kind of brings everything together. And it's very sticky to the mouth. So it could some of them melt really nicely, but there's they're sticky. So uh, the first company I mentioned is sticky from the, the back of your mouth. The other company just sold for 500 million euros. They're based in Europe. Uh, and they are an amazing company. I, my hat goes down to what they have created. Uh, they use gray packaging. We'll just use it like that. Melts very beautifully, sticky on your teeth, teeth sticky. And as someone who misses pizza, wants the authentic experience, that wasn't good enough. So we just tried and tried and tried and tried and tried and put it in front of as many people who weren't vegan, a lot of kids, kids will tell you the truth. They'll tell you if it sucks. <laughs> They'll hurt your feelings, but they don't care. Uh, and when we got to the point where they liked it and we did something like it was good, we knew we've really changed it. So back to what I was saying, we did our first test in the factory. 
And I got, I flew from New York. The factory is in Wisconsin. Yes, Wisconsin. And I, I get there late. They had done a batch and they show it to me. And I, I won't get into what the problem was, but I, I saw the problem in the sample and I looked at it and I went, you're missing this one ingredient. You don't have this one ingredient. And the scientist looked at the list and he's like, you're right, but I have some in the back. And he ran and got that ingredient. We put it in the mix and it came out perfectly. It was the best batch that we did for the entire day. And so I went, oh, that, that day was rainy. I had to like switch in Detroit. I wasn't sure if I was even going to make it because it was snowing in Wisconsin. And I thought maybe I'll just go home. And, and something in me went, okay, never mind. If I get stuck in Wisconsin, it's not the end of the world. Um, and I, and that, ha that test happens. I solve the problem and I get home, uh, later that I get home, like around midnight and I'm in the taxi ride from the airport to my home, like thinking about that whole experience. And I went, holy crap, am I an expert in this field? Like, am I one of the world's leading experts in plant-based cheese? Did I just solve a problem that these scientists didn't know how to solve? Did I do that? And so, yeah. <laughs> So now I'm officially one of the, the experts in this world about that knows everything about plant-based cheese. And, uh, and as, as an expert who has done a lot of this, I can tell you that the barrier is very high. Awesome. So people will come in and they will create similar products, but I don't think they have the same type of tenacity or the willingness to, to go better than just good. You know what I mean? Like some people, and, and we've, we've thought about it. We're, we're going to do just good, but this. No, that's good to hear. Congratulations on, on, on your persistence and, and your curiosity to experiment. Where are you pricing wise compared to the others? We're very, we're actually, so in food service, we are more affordable than everybody else. Um, one of our competitors that use palm oil, we refuse to, to use palm oil. They're $1.20 per pound more expensive than us. And that was really important for me. If I knew in food service, we needed to really have a very affordable competitive price. We're still more expensive than regular cheese, but we're more affordable than what's available on the market. And then because we did a lot of market testing with our different types of packaging, different types of logo designs, et cetera, we found out that we could actually get a, a premium on our product. Uh, and so we wanted a price originally at $4.99 and we found that people thought it, they, sh they should be paying $5.99 and I'm not gonna argue with what people think. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, that's, that's a no argue with, with getting more money, right? Yeah. And, you know, competing on price is, is solving any problems, right? You are really, really solving a challenge, a health challenge, right? And uh, I mean, this, this sounds a great story, but what keeps you awake at night, right? So what is your next big achievement? You say, Tommaso, if I can get to, what is it? You know, as an entrepreneur, what's the next big, big milestone? I, I would love to finally raise the, the seed round. How much? That we, uh, we're looking for anywhere between 1.2 and 1.5 million. Where do you get to with this money? What do we get? We get to build our team. We get to finish the development of our products because there's a lot of R&D that's still left to scale everything up. We get to expand. We get to um, 
there's a lot of brokers that you have to deal with to really expand your, your, your share of the market. So we get to go into those systems as opposed to like knocking and hoping, oh, can you please accept me? Like we get to actually get in there, placement, like things like that, that we get to do. And then a lot of it's going to be PR efforts. I just noticed that marketing first and getting product in front of people, getting the imagery in front of people is really important. And it's creating the product and ordering enough ingredients. And one of the, the biggest things is that we're in the process of patenting uh, our product. It's one thing to patent it. It's another thing to defend it. So creating, having <laughs> the right legal team on board to help us defend it is well, also you, patenting, patenting a food is, is, is pretty challenging, right? Is it's, it on the ingredient side or is it, or is it or on a process side? It's on the process. Ingredient side is a little different. If you're doing something very innovative that, and you're doing it in an innovative way, it's, you can actually get a patent for it. So uh, I think possible, be, well, impossible is completely different, but beyond uh, is a very basic recipe, but because of how they're doing it and what they're doing, they're able to get a patent. So that's the type of uh, world. Because we know that it's possible, we're going to go after it. Kobe, outstanding. Thank you so much for your time, Ellen Dirac. Uh, I could go on and ask and, you know, and, and, and you know, maybe, maybe start tasting one of those pizza slices, right? But it's 9.30 a.m. in the morning. I want to be respectful of everybody's time. Uh, congratulations on your endeavor. I always humbly love when I learn, learn from Ellen, learn from Dirac, hope from you, uh, Kobe. Great story. And I would like to bottom line this. On November the 12th, 2020, we have Kobe with an amazing... Uh, um, story, mission, vision, right? Uh, being, uh, about being a, a global leader in, in the alternative uh, cheese. And I'm definitely interested. Uh, and you know why, Kobe, uh, representing the Awesome Venture Fund? Because I want to put you actually on a bigger challenge, which is you were talking about New York and pizza. But I'm Italian. I want to put you on, a, on the Italian hands, right? And see what they say about your cheese, right? So that's, that's basically, I, I think, a challenge that I want to I wanna try out. Well, thank you so much. And we don't end our broadcast without finalizing it with a quote. The quote is one that I learned to craft as an entrepreneur, became uh, an investor, part of academia, which goes like this. Never forget where you come from. It keeps you humble. But where you come from cannot limit where you want to go. Well, I would like to thank you. Thank you for allowing us to pick your brains, guys. I know your time is very precious, Alan, Dirac, and Kobe. I wish you a great rest of your day, and let's keep on changing the world. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye.